0: Alright, what is up and welcome back to the Build A Better You podcast. I'm your host, Austin Chan. And in today's episode, we are going to be going over how to lose fat if you work a desk job. And you could probably tell from this, the, the title of this podcast, but yeah, we're going to be going over exactly that just because this is something that I find it has become a pervasive problem, especially in today's society as we've kind of transitioned from like doing more, uh, what's, what's the, what's ter- the, I always forget. confused. I think it's blue collar. Yeah, we, we went from doing blue-collar jobs, you know, labor jobs, stuff that, like, we've been, like, on our feet and, like, really active. Um, and then, you know, obviously, the, the, there's pros and cons. Like, literally, thanks to the advancement of medical and, like, all other forms of technology, we now have to not work as hard to get the same effects, to get all of these benefits now that we have, like, food so readily accessible. And really, all the, uh, and really all of these other benefits of society as a result of that. So yeah, it's, it's a good and a bad thing, obviously, like we have so much more better technology to make life easier. But on the other hand, life seems to be so easy that we are getting fat as a result of that, because we don't have to move as much anymore. Um, We can have all these higher calorie foods readily accessible, we don't have to work as hard for that same um, value of the food, if you will, like in terms of like, um, just the tastiness and like, How many calories we can get out of it so yeah um it's a good and a bad thing and then also this is something that like i find a lot of my clients struggle with just because they work a lot of desk-bound jobs and like i said because of the advancement of society in general like we have moved from this blue collar to more white collar work where we just sit in offices all day and we do computer work and we're just pretty much sat down on our butts and yeah we don't get much activity at all and then because of that you know our maintenance calories are lower as a result of that and then yeah this is more of the sciencey stuff Uh, we eat all these higher calorie dense foods and so we put ourselves in this surplus and we gain all this weight and then we start to wonder why hey why did we gain all this weight and it's because we um, went from having highly active lifestyles to more sedentary lifestyles and we also combine that with poorer eating habits as both as a result of our own choices and as a result of like how society has kind of evolved in it on another note so yeah that's about it. And then also this is something that I find um myself having struggled with this. And like when like when I first started out in like in-person training, obviously I'm on my feet six to eight hours a day, you know, working with clients and like demoing exercises and just moving around, probably walking around the gym at least 10 times a day. Um, if at that, like at least so. Yeah, so as you can imagine, like, I just lived a highly active lifestyle, so I really had no problem getting in activity throughout the day, doing my workouts, because I was literally at the gym, um, and I still do have a few in-person client sessions here and there, but for the most part, I've shifted a lot of my business and a lot of my work over online, so I find myself kind of in the same position as a lot of my clients, and probably, like, in your shoes as well, like, I find myself, like, bound to a desk, because a lot of my work now is on social media, is on you know writing for my website is for you know recording this podcast sitting down I'm not I'm obviously not going to be like literally in the gym lifting weights and trying to do a podcast like I need to be sitting down I need to have my thoughts collected and I need to be like in front of my computer so that I can read um, pretty much off of the notes and make sure that I'm staying on topic for the podcast and so yeah a lot of my like daily Um, schedule now is just like sitting in front of a desk and making content and doing all that so I found myself going from this highly active lifestyle to a more sedentary lifestyle now in terms of like just being active I have to be a bit more conscious about my decisions I have to make sure that I get my daily walks in just to make sure I am getting a good amount of activity in I have to plan my workouts around my schedule and make sure that like, I have to draw boundaries that, Hey, I'm going to stop working at this time, even though I might be deep into it. Um, it might be like kind of in the zone and in the groove. I know that like, if I keep going at this rate, if I keep working away that I'm not going to have time to actually go work out, or I might just lose the feeling of want to go working out. And so, I really have to be be a bit more intentional about my decisions. I really have to kind of get myself to actually go to the gym and like work out. And I know that's crazy. to think as someone who's like a personal trainer, like, oh, you must be motivated to work out all the time. It's like, no, especially like now that my priorities have shifted, like obviously when I like earlier in my lifting career, I'd like be super excited to go to the gym all the time. And I was just super excited about learning all of this stuff. And like now... Like, don't get me wrong. I still love learning about fitness. I still love, love, love learning about um, nutrition and all that. But my priorities have kind of shifted away in a sense that I don't really give a shit like as much for my own journey. Like, obviously I still do some maintenance work. I still lift weights uh, with the intention of getting stronger. I still get my steps in and all that. But a lot of this is like maintenance work. I don't really care about my own progress as much as I care about my client's progress now just because like I have people who depend on me for this so like that's that's where most of my like kind of a um, dedication effort goes towards to and just like creating best programs for my clients you know, like to have them enjoy fitness and nutrition like obviously I still enjoy it to an extent but those are just not where my priorities are right now so like just fitness for me doesn't come as easily as it did anymore and now it requires a bit more attention it requires a bit more thoughts and like honestly obviously there are some good and bads like getting myself to actually get off up off, up off my ass and drive to the gym and go work out is a little bit harder than it was you know a few years ago but with that being said like it being in this state being in this newfound kind of um Like mindset has really allowed me to connect with my clients and probably connect to you better because you know honestly for most people, most people just simply aren't super motivated to go go work out. Most people hate the thought of working out or most people just simply um, see it as another task or see it as another chore and like finding myself like kind of in this position like obviously for the most part I still do enjoy training, I still do enjoy exercise to an extent I know how it makes me feel after I accomplish it. So I still do enjoy it to an extent, don't get me wrong, but I still, I I get more of these like lows now where like, I don't really feel like doing this stuff anymore, or I I rather, I would much rather be working or I would much rather be doing this than going and like work out. But yeah, just, just having these like conflicting thought processes allow me to really connect more with my clients and understand their problems and really understand how to best Help people who are going through this exact same thought processes, and this thought process might be a complete norm for them, like day in, day out. Whereas for me, this has only been like recently, within the past like one to two years. Um But yeah, all that aside, let's kind of get into the more uh, meat and potatoes of this podcast—the stuff you actually probably want to listen to—in terms of like how this can, how this can best help you lose fat if you work a desk job. So. Um, We're going to be breaking this down into two sections. So first section is going to be diet and nutrition, and then other one is going to be exercise. Obviously, these two things go hand-in-hand, but I figured I'd address these things one at a time. So you probably know what I'm already going to talk about in terms of the first point of diet and nutrition. It's going to be calories in, calories out. There's no way to go around this. Um, One of my favorite memes, in fact, is the Homer Simpson meme of um, the in this house, we obey the laws of thermodynamics. And that that's true. Like, like there's literally no way around this. Like yeah, it's, it's literally boils down to calories in, calories out. If you aren't seeing the progress or the results that you want, it's likely because you're not um, adhering to this law, like as closely as you think you are. So that could be like mistakes with tracking, um, you know, not tracking at all. And like just a bunch of common mistakes. Um, if you do go to my other episode, I believe it's called like common calorie tracking mistakes or something it's pretty recent it's just a few episodes down go ahead and watch that one or not watch but listen to that one so that you can get a better idea if you're making any common calorie tracking mistakes that's sabotaging your success but yeah first things first yeah calorie deficit but although with that said it's easier said than done just like anything else in life you know just screaming calorie deficit at people isn't going to help but Rather, we have to understand why most people who work a desk job aren't in a calorie deficit or why they struggle to get into a calorie deficit. And that's mainly because people who are um, strapped to their desk, they don't move all that much. So as a result of this, when you don't get much activity throughout your day, you're going to be burning less calories, which means that your maintenance calories or the amount of calories it takes to maintain your weight is going to go down as a result of that. And so this makes it much easier to overconsume and eat calories and be in a calorie surplus. And when you know, uh, and as you know, when you're in a calorie surplus with little to no activity, you're going to gain fat. So as a result of that, people who get into these desk jobs gain a ton of weight. And then on top of that, like I said earlier with society and the advancement of technology, food is tastier than it has ever been. Food is more high calorie than it has ever been. And of course, A lot of these food companies want to make their food taste really good, so they pump it up a bunch of uh, these super tasty chemicals and all that, and the ways to make these foods super tasty, and obviously this comes with a bunch of calories, and so when you easily eat a bunch of calories in one sitting, combine this with little to no activity, this is like this basically spells out the, the recipe for gaining fat. So you put you in a huge calorie surplus and then you gain a bunch of fat as a result. And you do this for months years on end. Then you slowly add all the, all this fat in your body. And then one day you wake up and you're like, wow, I got really fat. I put on a bunch of weight." And so yeah, that's, that's pretty much why a lot of the people who work desk jobs, like end up gaining a bunch of weight. It's because they put themselves into this calorie surplus, whether they knew it or not. So in order to reverse that, we have to be a bit more intentional about our about our activities on a daily basis. And so, yeah, hopefully these tips will help you with that. Um, first step I have for like specifically diet and nutrition, in general, like obviously calorie deficit and stuff aside, it's gonna be meal frequency. So one of the most common problems I see with a, uh, many clients is that they'll either skip meals because they're they they say that they're not that hungry, or they'll just like. Like they'll just like naturally skip meals because they, they tell themselves that they're busy, they're busy working. And, you know, I find myself doing this sometimes. So one good way to combat this is making sure that you're getting at least three meals a day. And keep in mind also, I I know I'm saying meals, but meals could also be snacks. Like the, these two, I would say are interchangeable as long as you're making sure that you have kind of a baseline requirement for what you're eating during these meals and snacks. So Obviously, if you're just like eating a bunch of like empty empty snacks that like don't really fill you up for that much and all they do is just contain a bunch of calories, all they do is just like make you hungrier later on, then it's not really an effective snack, right? Because the whole purpose of snacking is to hold you over until your next meal or just have like just because you want to snack and you want the mouthfeel, you want to just snack or eat something. So when you have these empty, I hate using the word empty calories, but I'm going to use it because... And, and basically what I mean mean by this is that these are basically foods that don't really fill you up all that much. They don't really have much nutritional value to them other than you just like eating them and just eating a bunch of like calories that don't fill you up. And then next thing you know, it, all it does is just put you into a calorie surplus with pretty much no other benefits. So unless you're trying to get into a calorie surplus and you're having sh- like problems eating, then by all means go away at it. But if you're trying to lose fat, if you're listening to this podcast, you're likely trying to lose fat, then these snacks aren't gonna be so conducive towards your goals. so yeah, that's why it's always like uh, like best recommendations are to have a bare minimum of 20 to 30 grams of protein per snack or meal or even incorporating some sort of fruit vegetable or some quote unquote healthy snack. you know I'm not gonna like define what a healthy snack is because I'm sure you already know stuff that you can find in the produce section of the supermarkets, usually vegetables, fruit, snacks, and you know, stuff that's minimally processed, stuff that is high protein. And those are always going to be pluses. They fill you up, they uh, taste good. And also they're good for you. Um, and that's not to say that like, you should never have, you know, like chips or candy and all that. But just knowing that these foods are going to be less nutritional value. Like obviously, if you want really want it, I think you'll go out of your out of your way to like actually plan and incorporate these snacks. But for the most part, like if you find yourself like habitually snacking on these um not so healthy stuff, then I would dig deeper and say like why are you why are you doing like do you really want this? Like if you don't really want it, then it might be you might be just like emotionally eating or using it to cover up some sort of other feeling. But uh yeah, all that aside, like just simply eat healthy stuff most of the time, you know, leave room for not so healthy stuff mo- uh, some of the time and yeah, just keep it simple, eat at least three times a day. And, and again, this helps a lot with just like evening out the amount of calories you eat throughout the day because a lot of people, when they end up skipping meals, they'll have bigger meals and like later throughout the day. And like, while yes, this, this can seem like a huge pro for some people, um, what this does is like, all you do is that you stave off hunger. And then as you can imagine, because your hunger levels are staved off, then these bigger meals, then you're going to be even more hungry. And when you're hungry, like honestly, I can say that most of us, we don't really make the best decisions when we're hungry. We tend to get angry. We tend to get impulsive. So the more hungry you are, the more likely you're going to make these impulsive decisions. And when you're impulsive, you're not going to make the best decisions. You're probably going to choose the higher calorie, the more tasty, the not so healthy stuff rather than making better informed, good, healthy decisions, right? So just just managing your hunger levels better throughout the day just having and i would always say like have at least have some protein with it because as we know like as i've said time and time again having a high protein diet can lead to so many benefits as having a more like healthier and more satiating diet also helps with building muscle and oh you know, yeah that, that's also another thing i wanted to add to this is that this podcast isn't only for if you want to lose fat this is for if you want to lose fat, if you want to build muscle as well, if you want to achieve some sort of body recomposition, if you want to improve your physique, if you want to improve your health in some manner, this episode is for you as well. So yeah, it's just that a lot of the people, obviously a lot of the people, like I said, working desk jobs, they can tend to gain a lot of fat as a result of the lack of activity and also combine that with overconsumption of calories. So It seems to be that that seems to be the main goal uh, for a lot of people who work desk jobs um, because, like I said, the nature of just being in a calorie surplus. um, Yeah, and just suffering all the consequences of that. So, yeah, um, eating three times a day, um, that's a big one at least three times a day obviously you can eat three times a day and you can have some like more healthier snacks if you find yourself like more of a snacky person if you find yourself that I don't really like big meals I like having these smaller meals more frequent throughout the day this can definitely help but yeah eating at least three times a day find that two times you can if you really want to I know some people that I've worked with like work really well with the intermittent fasting approach they can find them find themselves that oh I'm really fine without food And I can really go until, and like my hunger levels aren't that bad. Honestly, I can feel like I can control my like portion sizes and all that. So eat two meals a day. Like if you know, you really can, but for the most part, I find that more people are able to eat three plus times a day. And that really helps them a lot in helping them manage hunger levels and really, um, mindlessly snack less on like throughout the day. So yeah. Yeah. And then, like I said, protein intake is a very important one, and that about covers it for diet and nutrition. Oh, I also wanted to add, um, if you are someone who is working from home, like, this is even better. You can even use this as, like, a better leverage because you, like, you are in control of your meals, like, but I, I know with that being said, like, it can be very tempting if you have a bunch of snacks just lying around in your place, um, but yeah, just like meal prepping, making sure that you have healthy meals in arm's reach or making sure that your healthier options are more readily accessible. This can definitely help a lot in your like, diet and nutrition decisions. Like if you make, if you put, if you keep like your not so healthy decisions out of the house or even in like in harder to reach places and you keep your healthier options more in easier to reach places. This is, I mean, this, this, this is just due to like simple psychology and all that, but Just making these healthier options more readily accessible um, it's gonna help you do these things because when it's more readily accessible you're naturally gonna default to the easier thing to do and so just doing that and then yeah that that's about it Um, although I will say like just having to simply commute to a certain place it like it makes you more productive it keeps you busier so that you like food is less on your mind obviously uh, versus if you were like working at home pros and cons like I said but knowing that you can make better informed decisions, knowing that you can make these small tweaks to, like I said, make better, better and healthier decisions. But yeah, let's go ahead and talk about uh, exercise. That about covers it for diet and nutrition. So exercise, increasing activity and in calorie expenditure is a big one for people who work desk jobs because they are just naturally sedentary because they sit at a desk all day and doing a lot of like, you know, computer or work that is sitting down. And so when you have a lack of activity, you have a lack of calorie expenditure, which means that again, your maintenance calories are going to be lower. So it's going to be easier for you to get into a calorie surplus. So with that being said, just simply being more intentional about your movement throughout the day is going to be a huge win for people who are strapped to a desk most of the day. So yeah, and, and this could be for the example of, you know, taking freaking walks, using break times to walk. Um, getting up out of your desk every so often to you know take a lap or two around the house or around the the workplace and yeah this can definitely help a lot like even though at the end of the day it might be an extra 2,000 if you're someone who naturally gets around 2,000 and yeah and I know that with most people who work desk jobs their natural step count is two to three thousand steps for the entire day so when you like take these little breaks or take these like little rest rest times to actually walk around and you maybe you get another 2000 steps throughout your day. This is a huge win because you basically doubled your step count just from adding in a little bit of activity throughout the day. And also the research has shown that you can you get a lot more benefits from taking shorter more frequent breaks than you do like just taking a huge chunk out of your day to do program exercise. Although with that said like obviously both of them have benefits. Um, it might be easier for you to take a huge chunk out of your day to go and do it versus taking more frequent shorter breaks and you just like end up cutting a bunch of chunks out of your day to do that kind of stuff. Like obviously um, pros and cons of both. Uh, these work different for diff- different people, but All right, so just wanna take a quick intermission and say thank you so much for listening to this podcast and thank you so much for making it this far in the podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for choosing me as your fitness content provider. It means the world to me that you are choosing to listen to me ramble on about random things anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour. And yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for being a part of the squad. And in this intermission, I do also want to mention my online coaching services. If you do want help losing fat, building muscle to look better, feel better, and move better, or maybe you just know exactly what to do, but you can't get yourself to actually do it and need the extra accountability, be sure to apply and I'll reach out to see if we're a good fit and then we'll move on from there. As you probably already know, I don't promote things that I don't truly believe in. So when I tell you that these are the best damn services ever, you can truly stand by these words and you can truly believe that these are going to be the best investments you are going to make. So with that said, if you do want to support me and give back for all of the free content that I've been putting out, be sure to hit the links in my show notes and I will see you on the other side. And again, thank you so much for listening and let's get back to this episode. Yeah, know that like you don't have to be doing it in the one huge chunk, and that doing it in these short little bursts of maybe five to ten, fifteen minutes can definitely help a lot. Um, yeah, and, and with that said, like I mean some workplaces allow people to go on smoke breaks, but like for other people who are healthy and don't smoke, they don't get any breaks. That just that just seems kind of ridiculous to me. Like you can go and like feed an addiction for five to fifteen minutes, but like you can't take breaks to go on like walks or something. So yeah, for whatever it's worth, like I would argue that like you know, go and take like five to 15 minute walk breaks so that you can get more steps in throughout your day. And yeah, you can, you get so many more benefits. You're actually, you end up actually being healthier. You end up actually achieving your goals better. Um, versus like something like, like you just go outside and like smoke for five to 15 minutes. Like that just, that just sounds fucking ridiculous to me. Sorry for the language, but yeah. Um, and then another thing that helps out a lot is, Um, especially if you work a desk job, you're probably someone who likes sticking to a schedule. You're someone who probably likes planning things and putting things into your calendar. So definitely just taking the time out to block out your calendar to whether that's for your strength training workouts after work or before work or walking or doing any form of exercise. Just simply planning it in, into your schedule gives you a lot of structure and you know, as humans, um, we are creatures of like routine, structure, and schedule. We like having these like defined structured schedules. So really just having more structure, like helps you actually go and do that stuff. Cause when you see it like written on something, you're much more likely to do it because you told yourself that, Hey, I'm intentionally blocking out time for this. I'm intentionally taking time out to do this thing. So I'm going to be much more likely to do it. Whereas if you're like, you know, I guess I'll go work out after work or you know, I have an idea of, yeah, I'll go work out before work. Like this isn't much as like concrete or ingrained into your head that you're going to do it. So it can be very easy to just say, man, you know, I don't really feel like doing it or just just brushing it off. Whereas like if it's in your calendar, then you're like, okay, I'm going to make sure no meetings come up during this time. I'm going to make sure everything else is planned around this time that this time I'm either going to have to do this thing or I'm just going to be sitting on my ass. And more than likely than not, you're, you want to be productive. You want to be actually taking this time to do something rather than being like, okay, I'm sitting on my ass. I don't really have anything else to do. I don't really have any, any other excuses to not go do this thing because I have preemptively planned time and taken time out of my day to do this. So I find that that, that definitely helps a lot. Um, personally for me, I've been using a uh, whiteboard calendar thing that I have in my fridge, and I will literally time block my my day hour by hour, and so I intentionally plan out time to go work out, to go get my steps, to uh, go and like meal prep, and this includes the weekends, and a lot of people who say that, oh, I struggle on the weekends with consistency, and it's a big reason for that, it's because people lack structure on the weekends, like on the weekdays when they go to work, they have this set schedule that, okay, I got to get up at this time. You know, I got to make time to commute to work. I got to, and I go to work. And then after that, like after work, I got to make time to, you know, go to the gym. If they, if you're someone who goes to the gym after work. And so they have the, all this like structured schedule on the weekdays. Meanwhile, the weekends, it's like, I don't really have work. I don't really have to get up early for anything. I don't really have to do anything by a certain time. So because of that, the lack of structure tends to lead people to be like, well, you know, I don't really feel like doing this thing. And so it can be very easy to brush off. Whereas if you have some sort of structure and I'm not saying that like, Oh, I have to you have to set an alarm on Saturday and Sundays to wake up at this time and get after it. But having some more structure, you know, whether that's like saying like giving yourself, okay, I'm going to have this time block to meal prep. I know that, you know, weekends might be to run errands or might be to relax and chill in front of the TV and all that. But like, you know, having that flexibility to be like, okay, during this time is, it can be like, you know, fuck around time. It can be like time that like, I can do whatever I want. And, and then another, and then having another separate time block. Okay. I'm going to take this time to actually meal prep, or I'm going to take this time to work out because I know I have the time to, and actually like planning planning it in, it gives you some sort of structure to look forward to. So that you stay on track during the weekends and you don't just say, hey, screw this. I'm just going to eat whatever I want and I'm not going to work out or move at all. So yeah, just intentionally blocking out time helps a lot because it provides us a lot of the structure. And I don't know about you, like I love structure. I love having a routine. I'm not some guy who likes um, spontaneity. Um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that. I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that word wrong, but you know what I'm saying. Spontaneity or something like that. Um, I'm, I'm not that type of guy. Like I like having some sort of structure, like you know, if people want to make plans with me, I want them to do it at least like one or two days in advance just so I can get into like right mental right mental mindset, just so that I can plan my other stuff around that stuff because I like to, like I said, I like planning myself out ahead of time and something just like comes up out of nowhere, then I'm like, I didn't really plan for this, how am, how am I going to adjust my schedule, um, you know, at the last minute? So definitely, planning some stuff out and like having some sort of preparedness, having some stuff to know that you would need to be prepared and you know, you need to be expecting helps a lot for you to actually stick to the schedule that you want. So yeah, start blocking out time. Um, this also works with like break time. Like maybe you have scheduled break times at work and using that as like, hey, I'm going to take this time to maybe the first half hour of your hour-long break. You're going to use the first half hour to eat. You know, honestly, maybe like lunch literally doesn't take that long. You're probably sitting in the break room or something. You're sitting by yourself in the car. And like, honestly, eating doesn't take that long unless you have like a full-on feast. But uh, for the most part, I find that, yeah, lunch, like you don't, it doesn't take that long. So maybe you take like the first 20, 30 minutes to eat. um, And then like the last half hour, you're just, typically, you'd be just like, sitting on your phone or you're just like sitting out, like doing nothing for the rest of the half hour. So instead of doing that, you know, go for a short walk and like, it's nothing intensive. Like you're not going to go on a walk and end up being like drenched in sweat by the time you get back to work. So it can definitely help to just walk around for a little bit. Um, And it's like, yeah, it's nothing like super taxing to the point where like you come back to work and like you're trying to talk to your boss and you're like out of breath. Like it's literally just a light walk. So doing that and then Next thing you know, you know, a half hour walk, you can probably rack up like three to 4,000 steps. And then, yeah, that's another three to 4,000 steps that you don't have to do for the rest of the day. So, yeah. And then, of course, taking frequent breaks. Like I said, um, it can also be very just like um, tiresome to be just sitting at your desk and just like be stuck in that one position, which we'll go over in a second. We'll touch a little bit on posture because that seems to be a lot of the people's concerns when they're like sitting down at a desk all day. Uh, but, yeah. Just taking frequent breaks to walk, like, our bodies, like, there is no, I don't, I wouldn't say that there is one particular position, like, a lot of, like, these fitness gurus or, like, you know, doctors or whatever like to say that, oh, don't be in this position, this is bad for you, the tech neck and all that stuff, like, I don't think one position is necessarily bad for your body, I think it's just that for the most part. Our bodies aren't designed to be stuck in this position for, say, eight hours a day. So taking frequent breaks to, like, move your body, put it into different positions helps a lot in terms of mobility, flexibility, posture, and all that. So while you don't necessarily have to be doing, like, all these weird stretches, like, midday during your work work schedule, um, but just, like, simply getting up and moving around, that helps a lot because you're putting your body into a more natural position of, like, standing and walking around and getting more blood flow throughout your system and like just like um getting more energy and like really just moving around like feels better overall once you kind of get into that groove. Um and yeah like over I think like our bodies are made for movement. They're not made to be stuck in it in one single position for hours on end. So just simply getting up walking around can definitely help a lot with posture and all that. Um, that is definitely very underrated if you ask me. Um but yeah, take frequent breaks to walk around and like, you know, th- this could be just like a few minutes at a time. Maybe also you need some time away from staring at a screen, and that can that can definitely help with your vision and all that. Um, again, I'm not an expert on vision, but um, it definitely helps. Like when I like focus my eyes on something that's farther away, or when I like can stop staring at a screen. I look outside or something. If you have a window, just like looking at nature, that definitely helps a lot. Um, or just looking at like other sights rather than staring at a screen, I like a bright screen all day. Um. So yeah, and then yeah, that's about it for in terms of like you know cardio steps and like overall movement. And then we'll get in a little bit into strength training. Um, I don't want to dive too much into like particularly. Uh, like I don't think there is a specific program for people with work desk jobs. I think all movements that people do is like should be individualized to a certain extent. But for the most part, most of us benefit from doing these general. Um uh, movements, like, exercise movements, like I've said in previous episodes, like, just focus on, like, squatting stuff, hip hinging stuff, um, vertical, horizontal pushing, vertical, horizontal pulling, and then, of course, your isolation work, like, curls, push downs, lateral raises, that kind of stuff, leg extensions, leg curls, yeah, all that kind of stuff, I don't want to go too much into that because I've covered that extensively in previous episodes, um, but, yeah, for the most part, like, posture, know that it's not the end of the world if you are someone who, um, is stuck in that sitting down position. Um, because like I said, like I that, that's one of the pet peeves I hate about like certain personal trainers and certain like um, quote unquote fitness experts is that they say, oh, if you're stuck in a position all day, then you need to be like constantly i um, trying to fix this position. There's something wrong with you. And it's like, no, not really. I mean, some people are just, maybe they're just naturally built that way. And like, there's not much you can do even with incorporating exercise, but you can certainly like all of us have room to improve. But certain positions are just not bad for the body, like I said. It's just that when we are stuck for hours on end in these positions all day, it can be detrimental. So, if you're someone who find that who finds that you have been stuck in this sitting down position and you f- have found that your posture has gotten worse over time, something to definitely help out is um, just incorporating more pull apart movements, roaring motions, overhead pressing, and overhead raising movements, and one, also, one other caveat that I do want to add to is that like you don't necessarily need, you're not necessarily broken if your body isn't in a certain position that doesn't look picture perfect or it doesn't look a certain way. Some, some influencer posts on social media wants you to believe. Um, so, but yeah, it's just, I, I think that if you aren't experiencing any unusual pain or discomfort, then there's nothing wrong with your body. Maybe that's just part of its natural position. Um, but if it's, if it is giving you some pain or discomfort, then that could be a sign that something is wrong because like one of the main signals that our body lets us know that something is wrong is if we experience pain or some sort of discomfort. So that's a surefire way of like, if your posture has got, has noticeably gotten worse as you know, and you're experiencing pain and discomfort as a result of this, then it could be something worth looking into and something worth fixing. Um, so yeah. With that being said, like a lot of people were stuck in this like a uh, desk position, you know, with the shoulders round forward, the neck that's super forward and all that. Like I said, it's not necessarily a terrible, terrible position. But if you're stuck within this hours um, long, then like your, your body can start to adapt to this and you start to have like, you know, tight muscles or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, so in order to kind of quote unquote fix this or to improve from this, a lot of pulling apart movements, you know band pull aparts reverse pec deck, some sort of motion where your arms are straight out to your sides and you're really focusing on driving those elbows back and this is going to work a lot of those rhomboids and trap muscles that focus on scapular retraction so that's just a fancy term of your shoulder blades pulling like pinching together and pulling back so that's kind of the motion that you're going for so yeah incorporating a lot of those pull apart motions is going to help a lot with that posture if you will because when you're like stuck in this forward position, it can definitely help to reverse that position and really pull back a lot. Again, a lot of like roaring motions as well because you know, basically a row is just you're driving your elbows back as far as you can and you're really focusing again on that scapular retraction motion. Um, also another thing, when you're stuck in this forward position and like your arms are pretty much like, they're only forward enough so that you, you're you able to reach the keyboard and type and all that, um, you don't really get into much into an overhead position so Something I find that um, a lot of like mobility and quote unquote like improving movement programs lack a lot is that like you want to be doing more of these movements that you are lacking. So that's like the surefire way to like kind of fix some of these problems. Like what motions are you lacking? And then start incorporating those motions into your training. Because if you like you can do endless amounts of quote unquote mobility work that you want. But if you aren't strengthening these movement patterns, if you aren't constantly working on them, like and throwing them into your training, then your body's not going to adapt to this. And all you're doing is just slapping a band-aid on, doing these like like um mobility movements like maybe five minutes a day. Like you need to be incorporating this into your actual training if you want it to actually improve have or if you want it to actually have improved significant results as a result as a result of that. So yeah. Start throwing this into your actual training. Start training hard with these movements. Like this is not just some like Fluff five-minute pump, like band pull-aparts, like that stuff is like can help, but it's not going to help a lot. Start doing these, like, and start like lifting heavy with these. Like, you when you strengthen these movement patterns, when you strengthen these muscles, they'll actually do a lot of these support, like, passively, not just like only when you do them as like as a band-aid. Like, start incorporating these into your daily routine and doing them as a part of your training. Progressively overload, just like you would with any other movement, and you'll find that it helps a lot and it helps tremendously. And you'll actually feel the results from this. So yeah, Um, but yeah, what was I saying? Oh yeah, back to like overhead pressing, overhead movements. Uh, I found that people like lack overhead mobility because they're just simply, like I said, they're not doing a lot of overhead mobility motions. So by strengthening these, by doing a lot of overhead pressing movements, you know, with dumbbells, with barbells and all that, slowly strengthening this movement pattern and adding strength to this is going to eventually give you the, mo- the mobility you need. And also incorporating uh, raising motions as well, overhead raising motions, you know, like, um, what are those called? Those like raises where you, uh, like around the world raises. Um, You know, face pulls, stuff with external rotation in it. Uh, Yeah, face pulls, uh, cable Y raises and all that. These raising motions where you have to raise your arm overhead, because you're raising your arm overhead, you're training the specific musculature that does this. And so by doing this, you actually take your body through all the necessary range of motions it needs. And by strengthening your body through these ranges of motions, you actually uh, get a lot more benefits out of this, like outside of the gym. Because when you only when you're um, only doing these like five, 10 minutes at a time, like maybe during work or something that like, you don't really get all the benefits, but you're, if you're actually doing these in the gym and lifting heavy, like I said, you're strengthening these muscles over time. And so they actually have a passive component to them. Whereas if you're doing it passively, just here and there five minutes at a time, you're not really strengthening, you're not really triggering it to your muscles to adapt. And you're not actually pushing them outside of their comfort zone. over time, which will actually lead to progress, which will actually lead to um, better results. So yeah, that that's about it. That about covers everything I wanted to cover. As always, if you do have any questions, I know this was a lot, then please reach out through email. Shoot me an email, Austin at AustinChanFitness.com. But yeah, other than that, that about covers everything I wanted to cover. If you are listening to Apple Podcasts, if you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts, um, then yeah, words are hard. But uh, yeah be sure to leave a five-star review. Uh, Room reviews are also awesome. I read through every single one of them. And I also do give them a shout out on social media because I really do appreciate uh, every single person who takes the time out of their day to leave me a thoughtful room review. Um, And also to the best of my knowledge, I know that I've heard that Spotify is also uh, releasing podcast reviews. So if you're listening on Spotify podcast, be sure to leave a review as well uh, both five star and also written reviews. So yeah, thank you so much. If you are taking the time out to do that, but that about covers everything I wanted to cover. Thank you so much for listening as always. Uh, catch you next week and yeah, that's about it. Peace out.